You're listening to The Dugout, a college baseball match podcast. Today we had the opportunity to speak with Tom Kunis. Tom has been a pitching coach for multiple Division I programs, including Stanford and San Jose State University. He's now an area scout and coach for the Los Angeles Dodgers organization. We spoke with Tom about the five tools and how they impact his evaluation of players at every level, why he factors in two additional pieces of criteria that every successful player has, and why you need to be realistic when choosing a college program. All that and more on today's episode. Tom, it's uh, great to have you on. Um, You know, I really wanted to kind of pick your brain. Um, But first, if you could give me a little bit of your background working with the Dodgers. Uh, Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. Um, So I spent uh, 30 years, almost 30 years in the in the uh, college ranks uh, from junior college and and Division one local schools, Stanford, San Jose State, Cal Mm -hmm. Poly, and then some local JCs as a head coach and and assistant. And uh, four years ago, almost four years ago, well, coming up on four years, uh, the Dodgers were making some changes and there was an opportunity that came up and, and I got a phone call and um, the opportunity in the position presented itself that I would scout. And then ultimately our director, uh, Gabe Kapler, for uh, player development uh, said, why don't, why don't we also see if we can get you to coach? So I've got the dual role, the, the incredible uh, opportunity to be uh, a dual role, you know, uh, dual role uh, yeah. entity within Dodgers uh, as a scout during the offseason and, and then a uh, player development coach in the summer. So you kind of get both sides. Is that common or not common in, in the minor leagues? Very uncommon. Yeah. So I, I realize uh, my great fortune and, and uh, I just love it. It's great. That's awesome. And so while you were a, a coach um, at the universities, uh, kind of what were you looking for in recruits coming out of high school? What was like the key uh, traits that you would look for in a player? Well, I think the obvious thing is going to be talent, right? You know, the highest, the best talent we could possibly get. You know, people who could, you know, in scouting, we talk about the five tools. We talk about being able to hit, hit for power, uh, have, be able to play defense, throw, and run. And sure. so all those qualities are, are going to come into play. And so you try to get the highest caliber player that you possibly can. Uh, but you can't disregard character, which right. is really important. You definitely can't disregard uh, the sense of, of urgency to play the game at a high level. And, and what I mean by that is coming with energy every day. And so right. those, those things, and I still hold dear to those things in, in, in the professional world as, a, as, I, as an amateur scout. Um, those are important to me because those people are the same people that will be in the dugout with me as a professional player. So, right. so uh, obviously talent, so the tools, and then, um, and then the work ethic and, and uh, the energy that they, that they provide every game. I mean, I, I can't see why a player could not run down, you know, the baseline from home plate to first base in five seconds and do it four times a game and, and somehow be exhausted from doing that. I just don't get why players don't do that day in and day out. Right. No, that, that makes total sense. And, you know, uh, talking about someone that you want to be with in the dugout, Coach Dean Stotts always says that when he was evaluating players, um, he would often look for, for guys he wanted to spend time with. So you definitely are, are echoing that statement. Um, you know, so you've seen players at the high school level. Um, you've coached players at the college level and now the minor league level. Um, so you've kind of seen it all. And so, you know, with your now dual capacity with the Dodgers, um, you know, there are various levels that you see, high, you know, players, you see them at high school, 
um, coming in from junior college and, and four years. So what are the differences in development that you notice as far as physical ability, uh, mental approach, things like that? Yeah, you know, I think uh, for sure it's uh, the maturing sure. uh, you know, process, whether it's physical maturity, uh, you know, the baseball maturity, you know, the instincts and the and the ability to to play the game of baseball at a high level, where you ha- you happen you're able to think on your feet. I you don't see that as much these days. It's harder to find players that really know what they're doing with the baseball yeah. and anticipate well. Sure. Um, you know, having good baseball IQ yeah. that's the hard thing to find anymore. Yeah. So I think the the obvious thing is the physical the, those type of tools, right? Your that that type of uh, environment where you're you're trying to see where this kid's going to go as an 18-year-old, 17-year-old physically mm-hmm. because they're going to get better. Right. The player is going to get better. Now, you know, X amount of tools, we can evaluate those and we can actually put those into, you know, little baskets and say, okay, th- this is where this guy's at. He's going to get better. How much better? I don't know. But for sure, the high school player, when he goes into junior college and then ultimately his third year in, in uh, at a four-year school mm-hmm. – Physically, they are going to be in so much, you know, they're going to be a completely different player, right? really. But that that's kind of how that progression, you that's that's the biggest jump that mm-hmm. players make is the physicality. They've got more yeah. resources in front of them mm-hmm. at the, uh, you know, junior college, slightly better resources than high school. Mm-hmm. And then at the four-year level, especially the highest levels, um, they've got all the tools that, that they need to, to really enhance their, their physicality. Right. And then what, what do you notice as far as, I think, adjustments? Because, as you know, baseball is a game of adjustments. What do you notice as far as players that are making those jumps, not for only from high school to four-year, but even within the minor leagues, what are the necessary adjustments that you see most often that players need to make? Okay. So, you know, that's – you know, that's kind of like combining all that stuff that I was just talking about, really. Right. Um, you know, the kids that can get through, you know, baseball is a game of failure, right? Yeah. So this thing is going to play, uh, it's going to take a heavy toll on, on the psyche. Mm-hmm. If you're not playing well, and, you know, again, you know, baseball is the one sport where everybody knows who failed on the field, right? right. You know, it's, you you know, football, you Basketball, you you can miss an assignment, and and you kind of guessing who who screwed that up. Baseball, that is a heavy mental toll to come back when you're in your you're not playing well, and yeah. it's already a game that you're you know even if you're failing seventy percent of the time, you're at your peak. You know you're at the highest level. Right. Um, that is the thing that I think a professional player or the players that you know as they get older, that's what they start figuring out is to not freak out and mm-hmm. not get in put themselves in a position where they get on a roller coaster ride where they're in you know these deep trenches that they can't perform at all for periods of time right and they learn you know so they've got a short memory and mm-hmm. and and that doesn't mean disregard and you know, working on you know some whatever skill it is to right. to improve your game mm-hmm. uh certainly not um in fact guys do that without freaking out mm-hmm. and you know the best guys learn to handle that not yeah. only handle the failure in the game yeah. But be able to not freak out when they're practicing a new skill mm-hmm. and saying, hey, I'm going to fail. Uh, you know, I'm practicing. I'm working on this new skill that's ultimately going to help me down the line. Right. And so I'm OK with this. Mm-hmm. And then they've got this steady eddiness about them so that yeah. they give themselves a chance to get back. 
you know, we talk a lot um, on, on our podcast about this concept that when players are evaluated utilizing the CAM score, um, they see kind of what level they can play at. And you have uh, frequently you have three different types of people that take that information in and, and kind of roll with it. Um, you have one group that we call um, the optimists, and those are, that's the group where they see what CAM score they have, they see what schools they match with, and if they're not satisfied, they say, okay, it's time to kind of you know, get to work and, and try and make those goals if that's a possibility. The second we see are the realists who, especially if they're later in the process where they're juniors or seniors, they go, okay, this is the division I'm at, this is what I'm going to ride with. And then the last is the misinformed, and those are the individuals that take that information, maybe they completely disregard it, and then they just kind of assume that they're going to keep moving towards whatever goal they have without any sort of progression. So what I'm kind of hearing you say is at every level of baseball that you've seen, the ability to make those adjustments, to take in that information, and then to improve upon your own performance is really a, a factor that separates those that can and those that don't, right? Ultimately, yes. Yeah. Without yeah. question. And you know, really important here, you know, when you talk about those camp scores, mm -hmm. you know, for me, from what I have seen, you know, this is a terrific idea where right. you've got to be realistic. I mean, yeah. you have to play mm -hmm. where you're going to play. Yeah. You, if, if you don't play, you're not going to get better. Right. You just, you have to play and you have to play in games. That yeah. means compete. Yeah, uh, because you ultimately have to challenge the tools and the skills that you've just learned at the highest level you possibly can. Right now, if if you might be able to get into a school that your camp scored not necessarily, you know, mm -hmm. indicating that you should be going there. Right, but if you don't play, yeah, you I I think you're going to find that you're you're not going to be able to challenge yourself enough that the skills, you know, uh, elevate to the level that that you ultimately want. You know, I think that um, oftentimes we talk with individuals and families, and, and I think this, mis mis this misinformation, this willingness to kind of bury one's head in the sand stems from the fact that, uh, you know, most kids have dreams to play Major League Baseball. And, and there's this prevailing myth that if you don't go to a Division I school, you will not be you will not gain enough exposure to make it to that level. And, and I know that you know that that's not necessarily the truth. And, and you know, Paul Kogan often talks about you need to be on the field when your fruit ripens. And, you know, can you talk a little bit about that, about how, you know, it's more important that you find the right school to play than it is to just find a D1 program that you think will look the best when you're, when you're going for that next level. Well, you know what, uh, if you are a talented enough player to play at a professional level, you will be found. I mean, it's, it's the technology today. Yeah. Uh, it's almost impossible to hide. Right. And so uh, every level is scouted, whether it's high school, junior high, NAIA, you know, division three, division two, obviously division one, all of those levels are scouted. Right. I've, you know, I signed five JC guys over the last three, three years, or, you know, mm -hmm. Paul, Paul Kogan, you know, being the one, yeah. being, you know, the, the key benefactor or benefactor for me. Right. But I'm just giving you an example. I mean, of course, and that we, Signed a guy out of NAIA last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it does, no, you cannot hide. If you're a good enough player, you will be found. You will, you know, put yourself in a position to earn an opportunity to go out professionally. And to be honest with you, if you are not a good enough player, you, you know, at some point you're going to have to realize this thing's over. Yeah. And so if you're not a good enough player, it is not a fun position to be in. Let's say you find a way to get in a professional uniform and you're not a good enough player. Yeah. 
it's not all you know roses and it's going to come quick. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, you sign a few autographs, great, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you sign a professional contract, this is me. Mm-hmm. My my perspective is the players that I'm trying to sign, I think have a shot to be a big leaguer. Right. And if the players go, and this is what I vet, what I really try to figure out when I meet with players mm-hmm. is, do they have enough passion and enough common sense mm-hmm. on top of the skill, work ethic, energy? To ultimately make it to the big leagues, do they have the wherewithal? Yeah, and that's a lot. I mean, and I got to kind of, you know, I'm a, you learn to hone your people skills, yeah, pretty good. But if that player does not have those, I don't care how talented he is, mm-hmm. if he's missing the work ethic, he's missing the energy mm-hmm. on a daily basis, and finding a way to have that discipline and that integrity, yeah, he ain't making it to the big leagues. Yeah, and so we're wasting time, right, and we're wasting money. Yeah. So that's my goal is to try to find and streamline that process the best I can, vet it the best I can. And I'm not going to be right hundred percent of the time for sure. I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to be wrong when I am right, Yeah. but I'm going to do my best to make sure I'm getting big leaguers. Now, last thing I'm going to say about this, this thing about, uh, you know, players and, and, and level mm-hmm. you got, <laughs> you must be realistic in what you're, you're shooting for this. Right. Th- it's critical. Yeah. Critical. The sooner, the better. I don't care if you're 16, you know, but or, a, a, you know, a, a freshman, a, you know, freshman or or a professional player. You got to yeah. realize at some point, mm-hmm. you know, I this this thing's not going to go much further. Mm-hmm. And, you know, get on with it. OK, fine. You know, yeah. it's it's a privilege just to play high school baseball. Most kids don't make it to high school baseball. Then get to junior high or or play college baseball at all. Yeah. Most people and that pyramid just gets smaller and smaller as you go up. So be appreciative of the fact that you've got an opportunity to go out. And if yeah. you get an education with that opportunity to play baseball yeah. or any other sport, boy, I mean, you're what a what a great life. Well, earlier this week, we had the privilege of speaking with uh, Jeff Levering, who is the play by play broadcaster for the Brewers. But he played Division three ball at Chapman um, and was kind of contemplating between walking on at LMU or playing at Chapman. It just so happened that he ended up going to Chapman, playing for Chapman, and they won a national championship uh, in 2003. And so he was recounting that experience. And uh, it just goes to show you that you don't always – it's not always D1 or bust, and it's important to kind of be on the field. Um, Last set of questions for you. Uh, We call this our closing nine. They're just nine questions. Answer whatever comes uh, in your head first, um, a sentence or less. Um, What time do you wake up in the morning? Uh, when those birds start singing. Favorite baseball movie? Uh, I would say it would be... The Natural? No. Sandlot? I, Sandlot's right up there, but, <laughs> but, uh, no. I, Bull Durham? Bull Durham. I yeah. love Bull Durham. I, you know, I, I just watched it, you know, just, and that's why I'm, I'm, Blanking on it, yeah, yeah, blanking on it, but but yeah, but uh, all three you know, baseball movies in general are great, yeah. Boulderham's one we hear often. Um, favorite baseball player growing up, uh, Nolan Ryan. I mean, yeah, the best. If you were to choose one person to play you in a movie, who would it be? Huh, I, that, Kevin Costner, he's good, that guy, that's a good baseball actor. I agree, uh. Sunflower seeds, David's or Spitz? Spitz. What flavor? Dill. Who is the best uh, fielder that you've ever coached? 
Best fielder I've ever pure, coached. Pure fielder. Wow. Um, I would have to probably say, uh, man, Lowry was really good. Jed Lowry. Um, favorite ballpark to visit? Wrigley Field. Uh, what raw physical tool translates the best at the major league level? You know, real quick, that Dodger Stadium. I probably got to say Dodger Stadium, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what raw physical tool translates the best at the major league level? Uh, I would say hit. What mental trait is most important to have during that minor league grind? What mental trait? Mm-hmm. Uh, integrity to come to work every day to get better. It's a great one. Well, Tom, uh, thank you so much, and we hope to have you on again. All right, T-Phone. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Dugout, a college baseball match podcast. For more information about the college baseball recruiting process, visit our website, collegebaseballmatch.com. You can also find us on all social media channels. If you have a question about the recruiting process that you'd like answered on the show, email us at support at collegebaseballmatch.com.